0: Welcome to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These.
1: The story I felt I was to share with you today, as it was told to me many years ago, took place on a late and extremely cold Northwest Montana night in January of 1991. I'll preface the story by saying that the Flathead Valley This mountainous region that our family has called home for over 50 years and I've spoken of several times is almost as far north as one can go in the lower United States. And the winters here can be, well, challenging, sometimes even life-threatening. One day just last week, temperatures here dropped to minus 38 degrees Fahrenheit, 38 below zero. It was reported that the wind chill factor that day made it feel more like 50 degrees below zero. When the conditions are like that, one needs to be very careful, especially when one has to travel in those kinds of conditions. And today's episode is about a certain woman who had to travel alone in those kinds of conditions in our valley on one scary winter night in 1991. Her name was Vivian. She was a middle-aged woman who had only been living in Montana for a short time. Shortly after arriving in our state, Vivian found a job working as a cook on the night shift at a small restaurant, a café, on Main Street in her hometown of Kalispell. And it was early on a frigid January evening when the week's second big snowstorm began dumping its super-heavy snow load over the town and over the entire valley. Vivian would end up working only a few hours that night because the storm outside got so severe that her boss closed the cafe early and told everyone to get home. For Vivian home was an old farmhouse that she had rented, about 10 miles northwest of town, 10 miles out into the dark and stormy countryside. It would be slow going for Vivian, as you may know, A full-on blizzard can completely disorient the very best of drivers, so you slow down. Sometimes you have to come to a full stop just to rediscover or guess where the road might be. At first, Vivian had the aid of a little bit of lighting here and there, as she drove her old Chevy north on the four-lane highway, Highway 93. But when she turned left to go west on the narrow two-lane country road that led home, there were no lights at all none except for the blinding glare of her car's headlights that reflected off the raging snow. It was blowing horizontally directly in front of her and all around her, blowing at a speed of maybe 30 or 40 miles an hour. And then the nearly predictable thing happened about a mile and a half from her home. Vivian's old car plunged into a giant snowdrift that crossed the entire road, nearly burying the entire front end of her vehicle and immediately shutting off its engine, which, nearly predictably, refused to restart. I wasn't told how long Vivian stayed in her car, a car that was soon without heat, but at some point Vivian made the decision to get out of the car and face the jaws of a monster blizzard, one in which she wouldn't last very long. Fighting the force of the powerful freezing winds and pelting snow, she slowly made her way to the edge of the roadway where she thought she saw a faint light in the distance. She stumbled on a few steps further, only to bump into an old barbed wire fence, which she immediately grabbed onto and held onto for dear life. There she was, all alone in the black of night, fighting to keep her balance in knee-deep snow under the severe attack of a deadly enemy, holding on tight to an old barbed wire fence. And she was terrified, so much so that even though she could see a light and even though she was literally starting to freeze to death where she stood, she was too afraid to let go of the fence and go toward the light. Hmm. Letting go. There's no shortage of Scripture verses on that subject. The letting go principle is everywhere in God's book of real life stories. Stories about men and women who had to let go of something to gain something far greater. Consider Noah who let go of his entire known world to gain a brand new world with brand new possibilities. Abraham let go of his world, his homeland along with its evil culture to follow after God. And if God hadn't intervened, Abraham was willing to let go of his own son to stay true to God. Joseph gave up bitterness to save his family and the future nation of Israel. Moses had to let go of the riches of Egypt and his title of being the grandson of Pharaoh to become the leader of the Israelites. Think about David. He had to let go of his former way of life in order to rule a nation and one day write the Psalms, one of which, in keeping with our subject matter, comes to my mind today. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. David didn't find his security in anything or anyone but God. Paul let go of everything he had stood for and fought for, to stand for and fight for a much greater cause, even at the cost of his own life. He said this in Philippians 3:12 through 14, not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And there, of course, is Jesus, who let go of everything for the sake of humanity. He is our greatest example. I'll end with this verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12. One and two. Late in the evening during that very same harsh blizzard on that January night in 1991, an elderly woman sat comfortably in her cushy rocking chair in the cozy downstairs family room of a newly built two-story home. The home was located on five acres, on a small hill actually, out in the countryside northwest of Kalispell. She was watching the last few minutes of a favorite old movie before going to bed. She shared the large home with her daughter and son-in-law, who had just headed upstairs for the night. Suddenly, and without warning, the elderly woman caught some movement out of the corner of her eye. When she turned her head and looked toward the large glass doors that normally gave her a view of the snow-covered mountains, she was shocked at what she saw. There, just outside of one of the lower frosty window panes, was the desperate face and shaking hands of a half-frozen woman. The woman outside was on her knees between two trusses of the partially finished back deck, fighting the furious winds and snow while trying, but unable, to call out for help. The elderly woman, dressed only in a nightgown and robe, immediately jumped up from her rocking chair, unlocked the door, and in the face of a sudden blast of wind, the door blew open. As she stood holding the door, a half-frozen woman crawled over the threshold and collapsed on the family room floor. The mother yelled, really yelled for her daughter, who immediately ran downstairs, followed by her husband, to find a total stranger named Vivian, shaking uncontrollably on the family room floor. The daughter immediately took charge, and in less than a minute, she was helping Vivian into a hot shower upstairs. After getting showered and putting on some dry clothes, the most wonderful conversation took place between the two women upstairs. Like most of us, Vivian was a person with a story, and that night her story came out, and God showed up, and she was ministered to, and she was prayed over. And she was so touched. She was really overwhelmed by it all and so expressive with her gratitude. One of the most significant things that Vivian said was this. The most amazing thing happened to me out there in the storm tonight. I bumped into a barbed wire fence and I grabbed onto the fence with all my strength. And even though I could see a faint light in the distance, I was just too afraid to let go of the fence. I just couldn't let go. But then it happened. I heard a voice. And the voice said, Vivian, let go of the fence and go to the light. And so I did. I did it. And I'm here. Perhaps you've guessed by now that the elderly woman's daughter was is my dear wife, Kathy. It was my Kathy that offered some of God's light to Vivian on that dark and threatening night. Kathy is still an agent of light today. Oh, and my contribution in this story? Well, I finished the deck when spring came. Dear friend, I know from personal experience that Fences can't be trusted. Clinging onto them can be risky, even dangerous. Sure, touching something, feeling something may offer some sense of security for a time. Some even find a strange sense of security by clinging onto the barbs of pain. But whichever, it's all a false sense of security and hanging onto those fences rather than letting go of them only prevents us from receiving the security and true happiness that our Father in heaven wants for us. So I would ask you, is there a fence in your life, anything in your life that you're clinging on to that's keeping you in the darkness and preventing you from experiencing the light? More importantly, What are you holding on to that God has asked you to let go of? Dear friend, I urge you, like Vivian was urged, to let go of the fence and go to the light. Dear Father in heaven, you are our shelter in the storm. Dear Jesus, you are the light in the storm. Dear Holy Spirit, you are the voice in the storm. Help this dear friend and me today. Help us identify the fences that are hindering us. And then speak to us. Urge us to let go and to charge on, to press
0: on to the light. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at InMomentsLikeThese.com. That's InMomentsLikeThese.com.